did you run today? As we are here at the uh, Just Runners podcast. We're here to talk about all things running and racing on the Youngstown area's first running podcast. Here's your host and Youngstown Marathon Ambassador, Bruce McIntosh and Pico. I knew before the podcast really started and before Just the Running started. So he would be the one who'd say, oh, let's, we could run these miles together. Let's, let's meet here. Let's... I don't think I've ever met a pizza I didn't like. Yeah, the beauty is we have choices, uh, you know, really do the type of race that you want to do, where you want to do one. Not, not everyone has Youngstown on their bucket list to get to go <laughs> Do a run and uh, eat pizza, but it's on my list. Hey everybody, how's it going? Um, let's see, I'm recording this. Well, it's the day before Easter, April 16th. Um, and, well, as far as my injured gluteus medius... Had a sprain on that, been rehabbing. I have gotten out this week and have a few times done some run walks. Even keeping the run pace nice and easy. Uh, started off the first couple times, one minute run, three minutes walk, and now I'm doing the two and two. So, and today it's going good. Uh, there's still some pain back there, but it more like an aching more like you got tight muscles or you overworked it or something like that compared to when I was dealing with when it started of uh, sharp jabbing pain right into the gluteus maximus. So due to all this and uh, weeks missed uh, training, I think I've mentioned it before, I did drop, I, I was supposed to do the Canton Hall of Fame Marathon and I switched to the half. Uh, right now my plan is to keep rehabbing this and go out and do wherever I am on my run walk program and try to run walk to the finish and the goal will be just to finish without making this any worse than it is and I think it's on the road recovery like I said I've been working with uh, Caitlin's app of crew racing and rehab and to get she's giving me exercises to do four to six times a week i've been following those she gave me a run walk plan so got all these things in place just trying to follow it and give it time uh so i kind of had to switch my way of thinking from wanting to do good at canton marathon to which i'm always looking forward to uh going to the further along and just let's keep this rehabbed and go from there that being said I uh, today storing this because I'm looking to the future today I signed up for well two races to match I'm gonna mention this one first the ones I'm gonna go over a little more uh, there's a duathlon taking place in Damascus uh, never did one of these before, but I've been spending more time on the bike. So it is, uh, four, tw you run a 5k, then you bike 12 miles, uh, simplest form. Never did anything like that before the DFC celebrate recovery 
5k run, walk, 12 mile bike ride, and duathlon. Uh, so I went ahead and signed up for that. I did a walk run with uh, Mike uh, Malarkey and kind of started talking about it and spending more time on the bike. And I don't have it really, I guess it's kind of a hybrid bike, uh, but I'm just gonna go there wherever, whatever happens, happens for this. I guess that's just the way it is. Uh, it was a very inexpensive uh, race and I actually didn't even know where this place was, but find it at the time but it's not that far Damascus Ohio uh, so signed up for that and if you want to if you've thought about doing anything like this this one's very inexpensive I signed up for $20 and you if you wanted to try a duathlon type run there you go so that's the first one I want to talk about there I've also signed up for the You've Got This 5K. It's on May 1st uh, in Columbiana. If you go to secondsoultiming.com, uh, they have the link there on, in their May races to get signed up. This is in support of Josh Boggs, uh, Second Soul Timing. He recently had a collapsed lung. And due to that, he's missed... A lot of time off work uh he's in he's if you've run any races in the youngstown area you've probably seen him out there timing the race so it'd be nice if we could get a nice group of people good crowd to come out and support him at that race uh, you can go in there there's a place to make a donation or uh or just sign up and come out and try to support them there they're putting this on in very short notice so could be could be a fun time it should be and even with my own right if i'm i'll either do one i can or i may end up just walking it or well I thought i'll do the run walk at least hopefully i'll be up further along in my run walk plan and be able to do okay there uh, I'm not expecting nothing. That. I'm doing that more as a donation than anything. Uh, so those were the two reasons I want to talk about. And of the two, if you if you can uh, come out and do either or both, come see me. I'll be there. I will be in Canton, and that's on uh, the 24th. I'll be there on 23rd and 24th. Uh, going to the expo, um, doing the pasta dinner. I had already signed up for that at the four o'clock. So if you're listening to this before the 24th and you're going to be in Canton, let me know. Maybe we can, uh, I got a whole group coming. So come and join the fun. Find me the day before we meet up if we haven't met before. Uh, and not exactly. Uh, I will be out there a while, it looks like, for my 13 miles. So I'm going to do what I can. But I've decided I'm going to finish this and uh hopefully it won't mess up any of my plans recovery so I, was, like I, said, I had some pain earlier when I, I don't even know it's very low on the pain scale i would put it but now i'm feeling fine so time to move on now i had an interview earlier this week with jason fitzgerald he's of the strength running podcast uh youtube channel uh, strengthrunning.com he's coaching a lot of good information on his websites and things so 
let's uh, let's get on over to that. Yeah, I want to thank everybody uh, ahead of time for listening. And if you get a chance, uh, you can always email me any com- comments, just to runner65 at gmail.com. Or uh, wherever you're listening, I'd love to get some uh, more reviews and ratings. Thank you. Well, I want to welcome Jason Fitzgerald to the podcast today. And many of you may already know him from his own podcast. And let's see, you're also on YouTube. And hello, Jason. Uh, Would you like to maybe give a little introduction? Yeah, sure. Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And yeah, like you said, uh, maybe some of your listeners know me from the Strength Running Podcast or strengthrunning.com or the Strength Running YouTube channel. I'm all over the place, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I try to meet runners where they are and create the type of content that will help them no matter what type of content they prefer. But yeah, I'm a you know, uh, I'm a runner. I'm a coach. I've been competing since, let's see, 1998. Boy, that makes me seem a little mm-hmm. bit old, but I wouldn't have it any any other way. I, I really love the sport. I was someone who ran track and cross country all four years of high school, all four years of college, and then I never stopped and uh, kept training and competing. I'm, I'm certainly not training at the same level at 38 years old than I was when I was uh, 28 and didn't have any children, but, uh, you know, I'm still running a lot and, and really enjoying it. And on, you know, the coaching side, on the strength running side of things, I probably get more satisfaction seeing my runners post personal bests and, you know, reach new distances and in their goals and things like that now. So I am just getting so much satisfaction from helping other runners achieve their goals and, and that's really what strength running is all about yeah I, uh, i've listened to your podcast many times i've seen lots of your youtube you cover a lot of different topics on there is there anything you think you haven't covered on your youtube it's almost <laughs> that's a good question uh, if i haven't covered it it's probably something i either don't want to cover or can't cover but i, I try to make my content very results oriented because I guess that's my perspective on the sport. I want to help runners improve and get better. So, you know, I talk a lot about the different training strategies, the different mindsets that can help you take your running to the next level. So I talk a lot about, you know, what are the, what are the big levers that runners can pull to improve their performances? What's actually going to make a difference? And I try to focus on those fundamentals. So there's probably a lot of, you know, little detail things and, and sort of certain niche topics that I could drill down into that might be interesting. But at the end of the day, I'm not sure they would be very helpful for runners. So I try to focus on the fundamentals when it comes to your training and your mileage and long runs and pacing approaches for different types of workouts and races your nutrition and strength training is a big part of your training yeah. as well. So, you know, I try to focus on the big things. Yeah, because um, what originally got you into coaching? Was was it just your love of running? Yeah, I would say it was my love of running. You know, I really fell in love with the sport when I first started running. And, and I think I got obsessed with running because of the improvement aspect of things. And I just loved knowing that if I put in the work, then I would see results. 
And, and that really carried me forward in the sport and really made me stick with it in college when it was, you know, a little bit more difficult to train at that high level while I was double majoring and involved in student government and doing all kinds of other things. But I always knew that I wanted to work somewhere in the running space. And for a while, that pretty much meant, all right, you're either going to be the coach of a college team, maybe a pro group, or you're going to be a professional runner. And I didn't really see a lot of other opportunities working in the running space. Uh, but once I graduated college, which was 2006, you know, that's when social media and the Internet really started coming online. And I realized that there were many more opportunities for virtual coaching, for reaching runners through different types of content. And I started a, a very simple running blog at Strength Running in 2010. And from there, I started coaching runners. And, and I really realized that this makes coaching very accessible to almost anybody. You know, before the internet, you really needed to meet with someone in person. It was very time intensive. It was also very costly. You know, just imagine yes. meeting a, a private coach out in person for an hour or two for a workout. And you can imagine how much that might cost if you're doing that on a weekly basis. But virtual coaching, online coaching, I love that it makes it so accessible to so many different types of athletes. And, you know, that's sort of what I try to do today, you know, create different programs and training uh, programs and services to help runners reach their goals, no matter what their, their goals might be. And, and I think uh, my passion for the sport really comes through in my coaching uh, just because I want to help runners, you know, accomplish whatever crazy goals they might have for themselves. And, and that's really what keeps me going. Yeah, actually, you can tell how passionate you are from a lot of your YouTube channels and your podcasts. Um, how long has you been? How long have you been doing your podcast? Let's see. I started the podcast late 2016, so I've been uh, doing it much more consistently since the pandemic started. Actually, uh, now I'm publishing one episode a week every Thursday, and it's really taken off over the last couple of years as I've started to do that. Um, but yeah, the podcast is probably one of my favorite things to do right now. It just gives me an opportunity to talk with some really interesting people and chat about the sport and really geek out on the training side of things, which I absolutely love. You, one thing you did say that kind of caught me, you said you were 38 now. That's actually how old I was when I started running. So I guess we're different in the spectrum. Uh, <laughs> it's just kind of caught uh, for your own personal running, uh, how much running do you do now? Or do you have any uh, personal goals for running? Right now, I am running about 30 miles a week. You know, I'm, I'm still doing a long run and strides and a workout and some strength training. So my running does look somewhat formal in that I, it looks like I'm training. But at my peak, I was running, you know, 85, 90 miles a week, yeah. you know, as a, as a collegiate and post-collegiate athlete. And I, I just don't really have the time for that anymore. Uh, it's a huge time commitment. It's also, you know, an energy commitment. And at this point in my life, I've got three kids, yeah. you know, running strength running is uh, obviously my full-time job and it's quite uh, a time intensive job. So, you know, I, I, I don't really have the time for that level of training anymore, but I still get so excited for my run every day. I did a workout today, a, a fart lick session during a six mile run, and it was just wonderful. Uh, so I think I will be running for a very long time, even if, you know, I'm not training at the same level that, that I once was. 
And right now I'm uh, just waiting for the trails here in Colorado to be a little <laughs> bit more clear of, of snow and mud and ice so that I can get into some more trail running this summer. Uh, I really love uh, getting out to the mountains and exploring some beautiful trails. You know, we have some of the best trail running in the country here. And it would be a, a shame if I didn't stay in shape so that I could mm -hmm. take advantage of it. Yeah, here in Ohio, I guess we can get out on the trails a little, well, you can get out on them anyways, but uh, snow's not quite as bad as there. Uh, where is going? Do you have a certain, well, when you're coaching, do you have like a certain philosophy? I know it, you got to treat everybody individually, but do you have like a certain strength training philosophy, strength running philosophy? I would say that my philosophy is well-rounded best practices. You know, I don't have a branded strength running training system. You know, I, I think a lot of those ideas are, are sort of, you know, that, that's when you can tell a coach has jumped the shark a little bit. <laughs> you know, there, there's no such thing as a, you know, one size fits all branded approach to, to running. So we focus on the fundamentals, on the things that we know have worked. Um, and, you know, so with that said, I guess I don't really have a philosophy with the exception of sticking to those basics, really focusing on the fundamentals and making sure that, you know, we're taking almost a scientific approach to things where we're testing a lot of things. We're doing experiments. We're finding out what works for each runner within the framework of what is commonly, you know, used and accepted within the exercise science and training physiology space. So, you know, if, if any runner wants to do the run less run faster program, I'm not the coach for you. You can tell that if you want to be a good runner, you have to run more than what you're probably currently running. You know, okay. the, the principle that high mileage is good for you is absolutely true. Now, high mileage is relative. I'm not saying everyone has to run 100 miles a week. But, you know, I've worked with literally thousands of athletes since 2010. And I could say that most runners are running about 20 to 30 miles a week. And if you're the type of runner who wants to achieve your potential, that's probably not enough. We really need to develop the aerobic metabolism. I would say that's a core principle of my training philosophy, you know, developing your endurance, your aerobic system, and also getting strong, you know, making sure that you're doing the strength training to not only prevent injuries, but to improve your running economy, your efficiency, and really building more power into your training so that you can run faster, you can sprint faster at the end of races. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's a wonderful performance uh, multiplier that I like to call strength training because, you know, there's very little drawbacks to strength training for runners. You know, you're probably yeah. not going to get hurt doing body weight strength exercises. Uh, and even if you're doing weightlifting in the gym, as long as you're being somewhat conservative with the weight, you're probably not going to get hurt. So the drawbacks are very few, but the benefits are substantial. And so I try to look for things like that, that, you know, we know work within the running population and then modifying it for the individual athlete. So, you know, I, I think a good way to, to summarize this is if you were to look at a good collegiate cross country or track team, you know, the distance runners, if you were to look at a pro runner and kind of look at their training, what are they doing? What are the big things that they're doing? They're running relatively high mileage. They're running a workout once, maybe twice a week. They are doing a long run consistently. They're strength training. They're running strides. These things are all fundamental pieces of a training program. And 
I think any training program that doesn't really include a lot of those aspects is, you know, sort of leaving the athlete with a lot of speed and improvement and endurance on the table. So, you know, that's sort of how I think about the training process and some of those fundamental training pillars that are so important when it comes to helping runners improve. Yeah, because, um, well, I've just recently got certified as the RRCA coach. So I'm just, one reason I like to get a few coaches on here and pick their brains a little bit is to, and I guess I'm a living example of what you're talking about with the strength training to avoid injuries. Because right now I had a sprained gluteus medius, a little pain in the butt. But uh, yeah, it sidelined me for a few weeks. I'm just now getting back to running. And I was I was two weeks, right now I was supposed to do Canton uh, Marathon, Canton, Ohio, uh, the Hall of Fame Marathon on April 24th. And that guy, uh, well, I'm, I cut down to the half. There's no way I'd be able to finish the marathon after missing like three weeks of running total. As for, yeah, probably a good idea for you though. You don't want to <laughs> jump into a marathon before you're you're prepared for it. You have to respect the distance. Oh, I do. I, I totally agree. And when I got the injury, I was hoping to get back quicker, but uh, I guess we all do. So, yeah, are there certain exercises you to would say like a top five or that you always recommend for most almost all runners or something like that? I would say that some of the basic fundamental lifts uh, when, when we're talking about strength exercises should almost always be included in your program. So, you know, the squat, the deadlift, those are probably the big two where, you know, if you're not squatting, if you're not deadlifting, um, I would say maybe uh, lunges are also quite important, very specific to, you know, the sport of running yeah. uh, and, and even some upper body work too, you know, like a, like a good old fashioned press where you're pressing a weight over your head. Um, which is also somewhat specific to running. You know, it engages the core. It's a standing exercise. So you're doing it um, standing up as opposed to, say, a bench press where you're, you're laying down. And so it's not as specific to the sport of running. But those couple exercises there, I would say, are, are very fundamental. They are, you know, two of, the, two of those are powerlifting exercises, so the squat and the deadlift. And, yeah. and that sport, I think, has a lot of parallels to the sport of running, you know, obviously very different, almost yeah. diametrically opposed. You know, we're talking about power athletes in the weight room. They don't do almost any aerobic exercise, but the way that they train and the way that they really focus on their sport is, is very similar to running. You know, these power lifters are trying to lift as much weight as possible. And that's very similar to runners who are trying to run a certain distance as fast as possible. And the way that you focus on that, the way that you really optimize your training for those quite simple goals. And maybe that's a reason why I love running so much. It's very yeah, simple. simple. Just try to get from point A to point B as fast as you can. It's very objective. You know, no one's going to be judging you on style. If you beat the person next to you, you win. And you know, powerlifting is very similar to that. You know, if you lift more weight than the next person, you win. And some of the fundamental aspects of the training are very similar as well. So they're going to be focusing on the big three powerlifting movements, the squat, the deadlift, and the bench press. And, you know, they're of course going to do some accessory lifts, but not much is going to be very outside of that wheelhouse. And same thing goes with running where you know, we're going to run high mileage. You're going to do a long run. You're going to do some faster workouts, but 
On top of that, there's only some things you can do on the margins to become a better runner. At, at its core, both sports are very similar, and I think that's why I have a lot of respect for powerlifters. And you know, we can get a lot of mileage out of our weightlifting sessions, out of our strength training sessions, when we just focus on those fundamental lifts that are compound lifts, they're multi-joint lifts. You know, these are full body movements rather than isolation exercises that are focusing on a certain muscle. Yeah, I guess I never thought about comparing a runner, you know, like your elite runner next to your elite powerlifters side by side. You'd never think of a comparison there, but, but I do see your point. Uh, when, when did you start with the YouTube channel? Because I, I actually like that. Uh, and like I said, you, you do go over a lot of different topics, you know, when I'm trying to look something up or for my own. Yeah, the YouTube channel started, I think, fairly early. I think I started that in 2011 uh, just because I had put together a, a variety of different dynamic warm-up routines, a, a variety of different core and strength routines for runners that they can you know, do before their run to warm up, and then some different routines to do after their run, both as a cool down, but also as a strength training practice. And so I, I started filming some of these routines and putting them up there. <clears throat> you can go back and start looking at some of my older routines. So some of those early routines that I put up on YouTube back in 2011 are still there. You can kind of go to the channel, you can sort by, you know, date, oldest added or something like that and see some of those older routines. And, and it's funny, the first video I ever filmed, it has the, the worst production value, the camera wasn't very good. I think my head is like cut off halfway. It's still my most popular video ever that I've ever published out of hundreds and hundreds. So that's always just very interesting to see. But just like with the podcast, in 2020, I started taking the YouTube channel sort of, I wouldn't say more seriously, I just had a different perspective on it where I wanted to treat the YouTube channel as its own independent platform. And so now I publish something on the YouTube channel every Tuesday and we're recording this on a Tuesday. So I had a video go out earlier today. And yeah, my goal is to really help runners think more productively about the sport. You know, I really believe that knowledge is a competitive advantage. If you know more than your competitors, you are gonna be able to train more intelligently. You're gonna make wiser decisions about your training. Just think about all the little decisions you have to make. Should I run today? Should I cut this workout short? Should I run through this little niggle that I'm experiencing right now? Well, if I can't access a weight room, what can I do at home to mimic some of the benefits I would get with heavier weight? There's all these questions that runners have about their training. And if you can think a little bit more strategically about the answers to these questions, you're going to have better training and you're going to be injured less frequently. You're probably going to be stronger and faster and end up performing a lot better on the race course. So, you know, my goal is to really help runners think better about the sport. And that's probably why I do cover so many different topics on the Strength Running YouTube channel is just because I think there's so many opportunities for improvement, whether we're talking about strength training or, you know, being more consistent with long runs, you know, thinking more strategically and methodically about how we build our mileage. You know, that's that's a particular topic that I think a lot of runners get tripped up by. You know, they either stay at the same mileage level forever or they have trouble increasing their mileage because of injuries. 
So how can we think better about this so that we can actually accomplish some of these training goals, like running longer long runs, getting ready for your marathon, boosting your mileage, getting stronger, because that's ultimately what's going to make runners into better runners. You know, it's not the latest pair of cool shoes, you know, that'll give you a little bit of an edge in a race situation. But, you know, the person who's actually prepared for the race is probably going to win rather than the person who, you know, cut corners in their training, but, you know, spent $300 on the latest pair of super shoes. <laughs> I agree with you on the shoes. I, I know it's the training, but it's always nice to have some nice new shoes to go into a race. Or fairly oh, yeah. I mean, that does make training fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not knocking new shoes. I'm actually in the market for a pair of new shoes right about now, and I'm very excited to pick up a pair. Yeah, I have a few pair. I just picked up a pair, and actually, after I hurt my... So, and haven't even worn them to run yet. And so oh, That's like a big tease, isn't oh. it? They're just sitting there next, next to the door calling to you, <laughs> telling you, Bruce, put, a, put us on. Go for a run. <laughs> well, I got to get them in the rotation. I got enough shoes in the rotation right now. I got a couple I got to get out of there because they've been aging. But, uh, uh, well, let's see. Well, you started coaching, then you added your YouTube channel years ago. So, actually, with the pandemic, as you mentioned how you changed in 2020 and a lot of the online with the like the youtube i think a lot of the online with the because people had to do work out at home and stuff really took off did you make any changes or did that lead you to some of the changes you made yeah i mean i i think i did put a little bit more emphasis onto things runners can do at home or things runners can focus on if they're not training for a race and, and that was the big story in 2020 all these races were canceled and that was really hard for runners because man if we're not training for a race what are we doing <laughs> so that was a, a difficult time period for a lot of us but yeah i put out a lot more content on you know if you're going to do a running streak which is kind of a different type of goal than doing a race how might you structure that streak the most productively? And, you know, when is it a good idea to, to cut the streak, to actually stop streaking? Um, I did uh, many pieces of content on virtual races, which became much more popular in 2020 because runners could go out by themselves, do a time trial, and as long as that data was uploaded via their smartwatch to Strava or a similar platform, you know, they could participate in this race that a lot of other athletes were participating in all around the country and even the world. Um, and then, of course, a lot of at-home strength workouts, things that you could do in place of going to the gym. And I did think that, you know, if a lot of more runners are working from home, maybe they have a little bit more flexibility with their time, they might have more bandwidth for uh, consuming extra content. So that was one of the reasons why I started uh, producing one podcast episode per week and one video per week, as well as the blog and everything I do on social media. So, you know, kind of turning up the content production dial was a big part of that strategy to help runners to, to kind of meet them where they were, you know, consuming more content at home, and also to talk about some of those issues that were more uh, pertinent at the time because we weren't training for races. How did that hurt you on the coach? Did that hurt you on the coaching end? Because when people don't have a race coming up, that had to make it harder to bring in uh, runners. Yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, strength running is a business. It's how I support my family. And there's no doubt that the pandemic hurt business a bit. 
Um, yeah. But not so much that I'm out of business. I'm still here. I'm still I'm still Damn. helping runners whenever I can. But yeah, there was a little bit of hit to the, to the actual business operations. But uh, not in any way that really made me stop what I was doing or second guess anything. So yeah, it, it, it happened. But you know, at the end of the day, uh, I've been here for more than a decade, and I'm going to be here for another decade. Well, I hope you're here much longer than that, actually. Uh, I've been yeah, enjoying your video. I don't know why I said just a decade. <laughs> Several. <laughs> Several. Until you can retire. We'll go with that. Uh, well, since we're recording this like less than a week before Boston, I'll try to get this out. But uh, do you have very many runners going to Boston for the marathon? I do. Um, I coach about half a dozen runners privately through my one-on-one -on -one coaching program. And I do have one runner at Boston. Uh, I have written a lot of custom training plans for runners who are going to be competing at Boston. Uh, so it's my hometown too. So I grew up outside oh, of Boston. Okay. So it's a very special race for me. I have spectated the Boston marathon on the course, probably five, six, seven times in my life. And then uh, I ended up running Boston in 2014. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited about Boston in less than a week, actually, six days from when we're recording this. And uh, I just hope the weather cooperates because that's always the big wild card of the Boston Marathon. Yeah, you never know what you're going to get in, in April there. One year it could be 80 and next year you could be dealing with snowstorms or something. <laughs> yeah, Boston in April. Um, what got you to Colorado then if you came from just... Yeah, that's a good question. Um, well, I mean, no great reason. You know, I realized that I could work from anywhere. And we came out to Denver, sort of sampled the city a little bit, uh, tasted, you know, what the city had to offer and realized that it, it's a great city. It's a very uh, interesting place to live. It's a very uh, fitness and health conscious state as well. And it's also a hub of distance running. You know, the, the Denver Boulder running scene is really amazing. Uh, and then coupled with the mountains and the trail running opportunities uh, that I knew it was time to move away from the Washington DC area where I was living previously um, because it was a, you know, not quite the city that I wanted to settle down in. And it was, it was a much more expensive city to live in. Yeah. So we decided to move out to Colorado and, um, come to Denver and it, it's been great ever since. I, I don't think I would change anything. The connections I've been able to make in the running community here have just been amazing. And uh, I, I think it's been really helpful for strength running over the years. If somebody, I, I heard a lot of people or a lot of elites go there to train because of the elevation. If somebody was going there to run or race, would how much uh, like, time would you give them to adapt for changing elevations? I guess that would be the. Yeah, so if you're coming to Denver, Denver as the mile high city is pretty much exactly at 5,280 feet. You probably don't need a ton of time to adapt to the altitude here in Denver, uh, especially if you're a well-trained runner. You know, you have a pretty developed aerobic system. Yeah. You know, you're not really gonna notice the altitude too much walking around. Now, when you go running, you're probably, your runs are going to be slower. So if you run the same effort, you're going to look down your watch and be like, wow, I'm 15 to 30 seconds slower a mile on this easy run than I would be if I were at sea level. Um, but it doesn't feel any different unless you're trying to run the same pace. And then, of course, it feels harder. But the same effort is going to feel like the same effort. It's just going to be a little slower. 
Now, if you're going up into the mountains and you start, you know, getting up to 8,000 feet, 9,000 feet, that's when, you know, things get a little bit harder. Things get a little dicey at those elevation levels. And if you're, you know, coming to the mountains to race a 5K, you probably don't need to come a week early. You know, you're probably just going to run a little bit slower and that's that. But if you are really performance oriented and you're training for a longer race where you do want to try to maximize your performance, it probably will help to come out here, you know, maybe a week ahead of time, four days ahead of time, just to give yourself some, you know, a little bit of a head start on adapting to the altitude. Um, I'd have to look up the actual tables on how long it takes to properly adjust to different altitude levels, especially as an athlete. I don't know those numbers off the top of my head. Um, but you know, it's one of those things where, you know, your average adult runner doesn't have a week and a half to travel to a race, get there early, stay in no. a hotel or, or rent a place to live for a week before a race. So it, it's probably not something that is very practical for too many runners. So what I would tell an athlete coming up to altitude who lives at sea level or close to sea level is just adjust your expectations. You're not going to be able to run as fast. You're probably not going to feel as good if you know when you're in the race situation because of the altitude of the dry air here if you're not used to that you know i grew up on the east coast so i certainly was not used to the dry climate here in colorado and that can certainly you know change your hydration uh, approach to races and things like that um you know i'm a typical east coaster if i'm not soaking wet i don't think i'm sweating whereas <laughs> you know here you almost never or at least for me i don't really sweat very much but I'm still losing a lot of water. I am sweating. I just don't feel it. So there's a lot of little differences with the altitude. You know, the, the dry air is one of them. Um, but, you know, for most runners, just adjust your expectations and you'll probably feel just fine. Yeah, because here I'm in Ohio. I, I've bumped into a few runners on some bigger races that came from out west, East Coast, and they their biggest problem wasn't that the temperature or anything it was just the humidity they just were not used to it when you're not i guess that might be i guess depending on which way you go you got something to adjust to yeah there's always going to be adversity right and <laughs> i think heat and humidity particularly the humidity is very similar to altitude in that it's going to reduce your ability for a peak performance it's just going to slow you down and, and a lot of runners you know they're like well if I get there a week early, I'll adapt to the altitude. Well, what does that actually mean? Does that mean you're, you're going to race as fast as you would at sea level? No, you're never going to be able to do that. The same thing as if you go to Ohio and it's really humid and you're not adapted to that. Even if you are adapted to that, it's a performance oh. limiter. You are going to run slower in those conditions than if it was a perfect, you know, 39 degrees with 20% humidity, you know, the ideal race weather those are the ideal race conditions where you can really race to 100% of your potential. But whether we're talking about humidity, whether we're talking about altitude, or even warmer or colder temperatures, all of those things are going to conspire against you to slow you down. Going forth, do you see any changes with your strength, uh, strength running, your coaching, uh, any plans for the future? Well, I'm always thinking about new ways to help runners reach their goals. And so I'm always creating different training programs and coaching services to, you know, meet runners where they are in their journey. So I used to, you know, only have coaching, 
you know, I would be your coach. We would work together. And then I realized, well, a lot of runners, you know, they want a training program that's designed for them specifically. They want that personal touch to their training, but maybe they don't need a coach. Maybe they don't need to check in with me all the time. Maybe they don't need, you know, the extra expense of having a coach. So then I started offering just training plans, custom training plans that you fill out this big questionnaire and I would build the plan specifically to your unique fitness level and goals and schedule and injury history and your background and all these other things. And, and then I realized a lot of runners don't want any personal touches to their training and they want to learn more about a particular topic. So then I started creating topic-based training programs for runners. So I have an injury prevention for runners program. I partnered with a dietitian to create a nutrition for runners program. We have a, a weightlifting program. We have a, a body weight exercise training program for runners. And so now I'm thinking about, okay, well, what else can I create that is going to fill a need in the running community so that more runners can learn about the sport, fill in those gaps in knowledge, and then ultimately train more effectively. So you know, I think some of the things I'm working on in the future, you know, I, I certainly have uh, some super secret projects that I, I can't <laughs> um, let you know about right now. But okay. one thing that I would love to do is, you know, with the amount of content that I've created and the runners that I've talked to, both, you know, the thousands of, you know, amateur runners all around the world, but also the hundreds of, you know, I think my podcast now is up over 240 episodes. All of these these world-class experts, physical therapists, uh, sports psychologists, running coaches, strength coaches, pro runners, registered dietitians, all of the, the support team like around an elite runner, that's really who I interview on my podcast. Um, I think I've learned so much from that group of experts that I would love to write a book summarizing all I've learned, you know, the, the big principles of training and running according to, you know, the best experts in the world. So I would love to uh, move in that direction and that's something I'm working on right now. Uh, but I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing, just helping runners do what they want to do, whether, whether you know, whatever goal that might be. For a second there, I thought you slipped out one of your big secrets. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's another Fitzgerald that runs that puts out a lot of books, so maybe there's something in there. So. Uh, Matt Fitzgerald. Yes. We affectionately call each other brothers from another mother. He's a, <laughs> he's a great guy, and whenever I get to see him, it's a, it's a good day. Yep, I, I got a chance once to talk to him. I've got some, several of his books, so big fan of his. This was a, a good opportunity. Thank you so much for having me, and uh, I really enjoyed chatting with you. Yeah, I, it's great to get a chance to actually talk to you, get to know you a little better, and um, well, I, I'll still get to keep seeing you in your YouTube videos. I guess you got one out today, so. I did, yes. Well, thank you again, and um, well, good luck with all uh, strength running, and the podcast, the YouTube channel, and the uh, website, and your coaching. Well, thank you, Bruce. I really appreciate that. And, and thanks again for the opportunity to come on. I hope this was helpful for your listeners. Um, and if they want to check out anything strength running related, uh, you know, you could always just Google strength running Jason Fitzgerald. And I have so many different articles and resources available for runners. Yeah, I'll put your website link in the show notes. Hopefully I'll remember to do that. All right. You have a good day. All right. Sounds good, Bruce. Thanks again.